Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of my little podcast. My traveling season is slowly starting, and I am packing up my bags in this little room that I have spent the winter in in Hamburg. I am off for new album adventures, meaning new cities, new countries, finishing the record, and hopefully doing a long house concert tour this summer. And maybe most of all, it means no home. I am both a bit scared, but also really excited. And I am so ready to start sharing those new songs that I have worked on now for almost two years. This also means that I am now taking house concert requests for Europe and the UK for the summer and the autumn. And if you're not familiar with my house concerts, it is a beautiful experience created together with the people in the room. So every single night is unique. It is me bringing my guitar, my stories and my voice. And I will go to your living room, garden, cafe, kitchen, pub, office, wherever I am invited. And we will create an experience together. You will invite all your friends, your neighbors, your cousins, your best friends, your worst friends, your classmates. And we will just have a beautiful night of stories, music and conversations. I will play you some songs. I will tell you stories about the songs. I will bring my books and maybe tell you some stories about the books. And we will just have a beautiful evening together. If it sounds like something you would like to host, you can go to charlotteerickson.com slash houseconcerts and read everything about it. And if you're interested, you can email me and tell me about your idea and we just create it together. Since I started playing house concerts, I guess four or five years ago now, it has become my favorite way of playing live shows. It's just super intimate and personal and cozy. And I just feel really lucky every time I get to share my songs with people. Anyway, off to this episode's guest. I am so excited to introduce you to this episode's songwriter. His name is Richard Walters, he's an English singer and songwriter, and he's had a super inspiring career as a songwriter. Richard has released several albums and EPs as a solo artist, but he's also had a really, really great career as a co-writer for other artists. He's written with, for example, Gabriel Applin and Joe Henry, just to mention two of them. And he's had songs in some really, really big TV shows. For example, my personal favorite, Grey's Anatomy, CSI Miami, Criminal Minds. I could go on and on. As you will hear in the episode, he's also just a really nice guy. He's super laid back and calm and just really nice to talk to. And like I say <laughs> before every episode, mostly I am a fan of good people. So I really hope you will enjoy this conversation with Richard Walters. So hello, Richard, and welcome to my podcast. Hi Charlotte, thanks thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy. We already started talking a bit before I clicked record, but I am so, so honored that you took the time to do this. And I have been a, a follower of yours for many years. I have watched you 
um, have huge success as a songwriter. So it's super cool for me to get to uh, talk to you. So thank you for taking the time. Uh, my, my pleasure. Um, so again, like we said before we started the recording, you are right now in England and you're also from England, but we slipped into you have lived in, in France for a bit. How have you sort of um, lived out your life so far? Have you been traveling a lot? Have music been the central point of it? Um, how did you how did you get to where you are? That's a big question, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just on the um, surface. <laughs> so I, I grew up in Oxford, um, which is about an hour away from London and has an amazing music scene. Um, bands like Radiohead and Ride um, and Supergrass come from Oxford, as well as loads of smaller amazing bands that more people need to know about, like the Candy Skins and Dust Ball and all these bands I grew up listening to. But yeah, so I, I started, I, I was a guitarist in a band when I was 15 and then I decided I wanted to start singing around that time as well. And um, I was in various bands and then uh, Eventually, I, I was in a band called Theremin, and we got signed to Warner Chapel and um, uh, kind of released one single and then split up, And but I carried on with Warner Chapel, and, and that's how I started, basically. And I've been doing music on and off since then. I've had periods where it's not been great, and I've done other jobs and then decided that I hated doing other jobs and... Um, you know, working in coffee shops and bookshops and things. And, um, but yeah, and ultimately throughout that time, I've been able to, to travel, to spend a lot of time in America, um, working in LA and Nashville. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, I lived in Paris for about three, three years, uh, around when my first record came out, I was signed to a French label and, uh, had a really fun experience living over there. Um, and yeah, now I'm, I'm, uh, in my mid thirties and, um, focusing more on, I still got my artist project and I'm still, I still see myself as an artist, but, um, I focus more on, on writing with other artists and writing for TV and, and film, uh, which is, which, which is really great because it means I can be centered at home a bit more. I don't have to tour as much, um, as I used to and, um, can hang out with my, my daughter a lot. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at now. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's that's why I love your story so much, because for me, it's very inspiring how you have obviously the, the songwriting is central and you have managed to keep the songwriting and, and go through many sort of uh, versions of, of a songwriter. You can do so many things as a songwriter and not just be, you know, a, a pop star. You can also write for, for other artists and for, for sync, as we will talk about later and and uh, it's just really inspiring how how you can reinvent yourself, which I really admire. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think it's it's really important. Um, you know, music's such a up and down industry, especially financially, that you've got to you've just got to run with what whatever's going to pay the bills, basically. And you know, it's really hard for me because obviously it's an art form and it's something creative, and you don't you don't want to think about it like a job. But you know, when it is your job, you, you, the bottom line is you've got to put food on the table and sometimes that means you know you you go and do some shows you write for other people um sometimes you write music for a commercial you don't really want to write music for and but you know that's it's all experience it's all flexing that muscle of of um creativity basically Mm. 
So uh, if we go back to the to the very start, how did you start writing songs in the first place? You mentioned you were in a band, but um, did you did you sort of have this dream about being a, a big big rock star when you were a kid, or did you grow up with music around you, or how did you how did you start writing songs? Um, I, I think my my parents um, listened to a lot of Motown and, but also weirdly, <laughs> Leonard Cohen, which is kind of quite different but so there was music at home my parents didn't push that I mean they didn't push for me to do music because I think ultimately they they wanted me to do something that was a bit more stable as a career um uh, my dad's an engineer my brother's an engineer and I think uh so yeah it wasn't pushed in in the way that some some people have um my parents don't play music or anything so for them it was quite alien But yeah, for me, I just really, I was kind of stuck in this town where there was an amazing music scene. There was always music going on and always shows to go to. So, you know, for me, seeing Radiohead play in a tiny venue when I was 14 was a really amazing feeling. And um, I could see the, the power um, that music could have to kind of get you out of a small town. And um And I think ultimately that's that's why I started writing songs is because I wanted to I wanted to change my life and do something different. Um, and uh, yeah, originally I, I wanted to be a guitarist. I didn't I didn't want to be a singer. And um, um, but I'm just not I'm not a good enough guitarist <laughs> to, <laughs> to do that. And then I, I realized I really enjoyed singing and um, and then writing just followed. I mean, it was like. You know, I was a, a moody teenager, and I I wanted to talk about that, and um, and uh, yeah, it's become like a really like I'm I, I think of myself now even, uh, but definitely when I was a kid of being a bit of an extrovert, um, introvert. Sorry, not an extrovert, yeah. <laughs> a bit shy. So for me, um, writing music was really cathartic, and it was a great way to to kind of maybe get across feelings that I I struggled to talk about. Um, So, uh, and yeah, that remains the case. Mm. I always think that when you start out as a songwriter or an artist, you there's no way you can know what that means. You think that being an artist or being a touring artist is, is just about playing a concert. But once you do it a few, uh, for a while or a couple of years, you sort of realize, oh, being a touring artist means you have to have this kind of life and then maybe everyone changes their plans when they start doing this, I feel like. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So um, what I love about your songs, or one thing I love about your songs, is that I feel a lot of, um, with with the pop culture today, the focus on lyrics are being uh, less and less... Um, obvious and you are one of very few I would call you a pop writer who your lyrics are so on point they're always so perfect and I, I love that you can write about um, a very universal subject but you can put it into a very elo eloquent language how do you think you have found that way of writing lyrics are you someone who reads a lot of books are you into literature do you write poetry how do you how did you find that um, that lyric passion um well thanks firstly that's really kind um yeah lyrics are super important to me and um for me it's about i really enjoy wordplay and you know taking something normal and trying to say it in an interesting way um and yeah i, I read loads like i we're, we're a really book heavy house we've got lots of books around and um 
I grew up really enjoying enjoying poetry, like you know the very moody stuff like Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath, and then um, uh, people like Wendy Cope and Simon Armitage. You know, a bit more like dark English humour. And um, yeah, for me, I just I find like for me in terms of lyrics, I like to think about titles first and and find interesting subjects and and then just kind of take a smaller thing and look at it in depth rather than giving it a broad stroke. I, I think it's, it's nice to kind of focus on the, the smaller things. Um, and, uh, and it's really nice when people find it relatable as well. And I know for me as a, a fan of music, listening to music, um, if I feel I know what someone's talking about, that's, that really speaks to me. That's really important. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like, I'd say that I think melody and lyrics are kind of um, they're, they're on equal footings. They're, they're equally as important and um, when you're writing a song. Uh, and I, I like the idea that you could take away take away the music and the lyrics would stand up by themselves. So, um, yeah, I hope that's always the case with what I do. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, one, of, one of my favourite songs of yours is Award Night. Mm. I think it's just it's just one of those songs when I heard it and I I thought no one has ever probably people have written about it before but but it was just one of those things that really stood out because there are songs about the same subjects over and over again and this was just something very different could you talk about that song a little bit just uh, a personal question from me <laughs> yeah so awards night is about um it's about Elliot Smith it's about sp- specifically about him um performing at the Oscars, which I remember at the time being this completely bizarre thing to happen for this guy who came from the indie music scene in Portland to suddenly be performing with the Academy Awards Orchestra. And um, and I read an interview with him, you know, sadly after he died some years later, saying that um, he just wanted to walk on the moon for a day or, or something like that. It was like he knew it was weird, he knew it was strange, but it was also... Uh, it was this intimidating experience, but it was also this really important experience for him. Um, and so that song was kind of, it's a bit, there's a bit of dark humor in it as well about the kind of, you know, the idea of being an artist and begrudging the the mainstream. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think everyone I know who writes music feels <laughs> feels a bit like that sometimes. Like it's, there is a bit of a war between what you do for yourself creatively and and what you do for commerce and, you know, to put money in your pocket. So, um, yeah, I, I just really like that story. I love Elliot Smith's music and, um, find him like a really multi-layered, interesting personality. When, when you read books about him, he's just this fascinating guy. And, um, I just thought that was a really interesting moment in his life and worthy of a song. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad you like that one. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful story. So um, you have also had, um, like we said before, you are a solo artist, but you've also had a lot of success as a as a sync artist, if that is a, a term. I created that term now. You've had a lot of songs in TV shows, in really really big TV shows, and you have also uh, written with a lot of really great other artists and songwriters. Do you approach those sort of projects differently or do you just feel like I'm always just writing a song and then if it's for yourself or if it happens to land in a tv show or for another artist it doesn't matter or do you 
approach it differently when you're trying to write for a TV or for an, for another artist? Yeah, I have done, and but actually, I think it's a real danger. Um, you know, if if I go into um, go into the studio to write and say I'm right, I'm going to write a song that's definitely going to be used in a TV show. It's going to fit this kind of scene. I think it the insincerity of it sometimes comes through and it won't end up getting that placement. It's the songs that always get placed are ones that mean the most to me because I think um, whatever it is, the, the the performance or the lyric comes through to the music supervisor, the person choosing the music and, and they get it. And, you know, when I've written songs and gone, right, this is going to be a song that ticks this box. It's, it's about a breakup. It's about, it's about somebody leaving home and that's, you know, I do lots of writing trips where that is the sole focus, where I write with other people and we're trying to write songs to to get on TV shows. And ultimately, I, I don't know if it works because I, I think it's um, it's got to be quite pure in terms of the emotion it's giving off. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. And actually, if I, you know, we've recently moved to a new street and if my neighbors ask me what I do, I say I write songs for TV shows because it's much easier than explaining what I actually do. And, um, and you know, that's, that's a big part of how I make a living is, is getting those placements. I feel really fortunate and really lucky to, to have the ear of those, those um, music supervision companies that ultimately choose the music for those TV shows. It's a great audience as well. It's a great way to build a fan base. Oh, for sure. I I think that half of the bands that I love today, I discovered through the OC when I was... I can't remember how old I was then, probably 15, 16. And you were, you know, right in the age where everything hit you so hard and you had this, like, super strong scene and the perfect, like, Imogen Heap song behind it. And I just found all my songs there. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it is I, a perfect place to to find an audience, I think. Yeah, I think, it, like, because I, I remember, like, you know, Snow Patrol chasing cars being in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, and it, like, blew them up in America. And the same with Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap on on the OC. It suddenly catapulted those songs in, into, like, the public eye. Um, I don't know if that's the case anymore, I think, you know, because of... Maybe those kind of shows aren't on the events that they used to be because of um, Netflix and things like that. But but it's still, you know, like to get complacent about it would be wrong, which I do sometimes. And I think, oh, it's it's not an important thing. But, you know, like 10 million people watch Grey's Anatomy every week. That's 10 million people that get exposed to a piece of music that they've chosen to put in there. And yeah, it's... I, I find it really, I love discovering music through a visual medium because it's it, it's just stuck in your head in a completely different way and it means so much more. So um, I think it's got, it's got real power. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, so you are uh, right in the process of releasing a new record, right? Yeah, we've finished, the record's been finished for a while and we're in the, this will be the first time in a, since my second album i guess i'm we're going to be releasing through a record label in, instead of independently so we're in this kind of slightly drawn out process of um of getting all the paperwork and contract side of things done um so i can't i can't say when the record's going to come out but it it is finished and it will come out <laughs> one day 
super exciting. Um, so mm. do, do you feel you have released a couple of albums and EPs by now? And and also, obviously, the, the times have changed now. Maybe it's a lot of focus on Spotify and singles. And, and with the syncs, it's also song by song by song. Do you feel like you're approaching making a full album differently now when you know that um, most people find it song by song and not the whole record anymore? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's um, I, I love the format of the album. And um, for me as a consumer, that's what I want. Um, but for me as a um, somebody trying to make a living from it, um, it is digested song by song. And in terms of things like playlisting on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, it's easier to get more streams if you're if you're releasing singles and doing um, things one by one. When you uh, decide to make a new record now, do you feel like it means something different for you um, making a record now after you have been doing this for a couple of years? Um, and I guess the bigger question is, have your definition of a successful album changed from when you did your first record what do you feel like what do you want to achieve with with all this yeah i think i was um um when i made my first album that was 10 years ago i was completely clueless about the industry it was a completely different industry because um streaming didn't exist um and you know very basically uh, in its most basic form download iTunes kind of had just really taken off, I guess, um, around 2009. Um, so for me, yeah, it's a completely different, I know much more. I know what I want to get out of it. And with this new album, it, it felt like the the most important thing was the, the integrity of it and, and what it meant to me, um, kind of beyond the commercial, um, um, potential of it. So, um, Yeah, I, I recorded it with my friend um, Patrick Pearson, who's a producer with a studio down in Devon, and I, I did uh, lots of it here at my place, and and we kind of did stuff on email and went back and forth, and um, and then ultimately came together to to finish it. Um, but yeah, this one feels like it's um, feels like it's a really cohesive record that everything ties in sound wise and lyrically there there feels like there's a bit of a a story in there um so i'm kind of i'm quite begrudging about the idea of having to split it up in singles i'd like it to be heard as a, a whole album but um you know that might not be possible so um um we've, we've got to we've got to keep one eye on on the numbers for streaming and, and the income. So that does have to be taken into account. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, I, they're really important songs to me. Mm, I can't wait to hear it. Exciting. Mm, I'll send it to you <laughs> so Yay! you can hear it <laughs> Amazing. Um, so before I let you go, uh, do you have any upcoming shows you want um, to, to plug or uh, anything else you want people to go and uh, look up? Um, no, I'm not playing any shows at the moment. I'm, when the new record comes out, I mean that's something we've we've um, we've talked about. Is me and me and Pat, who I made it with, we, we will tour the record and um, you know go around Europe and the UK again, and hopefully over to the states. Um, so there will be shows, but there aren't at the moment. Um, I guess at the moment, um, 
there'll be a new song, a new single coming out in about two weeks, mm. um, which will tie in, it's tying in with a TV placement. So um, uh, that's quite exciting. Um, and um, I've just written written a few songs with people that I'm really proud of. Um, a song called Game Show with a, an artist called Jerry Williams, um, which uh, is really special to me. And um, yeah, just I'd encourage people to, if they, if they don't know my music, to get on Spotify and kind of work their way through it. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I have a playlist on there with all the co-writes and collaborations I do as well. So uh, yeah, people can see what else I'm I'm working on. Yeah, perfect. And I will link all of those uh, links under the show notes for all the listeners so you can find it there. Amazing. That's super cool. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Richard, for taking the time mm-hmm. and good luck. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me to do it. It's really good to talk to you. And that's it, you guys. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking to Richard. And like I said, I will list all of his links in the show notes that you can find at charlotteerikson.com slash podcast. And if you don't know how to spell my Swedish last name, it's Ericsson with K-S-S. I won't give you a long update about my own work this episode, but I will tell you that hopefully in maybe one or two episodes, I will be able to announce the release day for the very first single from my future full-length fourth album that I have been working on now for almost two years. And it just feels so good when you have been working on a record for so long. It feels like an open heart surgery sometimes. And you find yourself sitting on the floor thinking, oh my God, I will never be able to complete this. And you just want to walk away from it sometimes. But when you slowly start to see things come together and one song by one song becomes really great songs and they sound just like you had visioned it in your head it just fills you with this super fulfilling feeling of you accomplished something and you finished something that you thought you couldn't finish and now this thing exists because of you and it's just the best feeling in the world and I have worked with some really amazing people on this record that I will introduce to you in in some future episodes when I'm starting to talk about the record Anyway, thank you so much for listening to another episode. I hope you're having a beautiful March and I am sending you a warm virtual hug. Bye-bye. I will
was never hero. This fire, this sweet burning hell within. Oh, rag me out of this poem.